turn back now to the Old Testament and to the book of Numbers and chapter number 6. Numbers chapter 6. I'm reading at verse 22. I'm going to read these verses once more. Numbers 6 and verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. Partings are always painful, especially if we parted from those whom we love. But we are thankful that our partings in the gospel are not the end of the story. We are thankful that the story of God's salvation, the drama of redemption, that it does continue. So our time together here may be coming to an end, but for you and for me, in the theatre of the world, the gospel of Jesus Christ is proclaimed and God is building his church and the journey does go on. And for that tonight, we are thankful. It's not about us, it's about what God is doing and it is about the way in which he is building his church. When we read this book of Numbers, it's perhaps a book that we're not too familiar with, but it is a wonderful book, the way in which it gives us the senses of the people of God, the way in which it does so in different ways and for different reasons, but for the way in which it gives us a book that's about the people of God preparing them for their journey. And it is a journey that's going to take them from Mount Sinai into the Promised Land. So they are a people on a journey. God is continuing to work in the Gospel. We are on a journey with God. They were on a journey with God. They were going to the Promised Land. And the first section of the book gives an account of the way in which the people of God are constituted together uh, to form this community and the way in which they are going to live as the people of God who will have God at their center and who will worship God and who will live for God. And it is God that speaks to them and especially to uh, the priests so that they will organize the people so that they will ensure that the people will function the way in which God has designed uh, and so that they will know that God goes before them and God comes behind them. And because of that, that they will be safe. And when we come to these verses here, that are really significant, of course, in the, in, in the beginning of this book, in that central portion where God is constituting his people, and it speaks of, of the way in which God himself will bless his people and is promising to be with them. And these words were going to be significant for them, not just on the first occasion of their reading, but was going to be significant for them in the history of the people of God down through the generation. It was the pledge of God's, good, God's goodwill and God's promise to be with them. And it seemed to me that here were words 
that were suitable for ourselves to consider together this evening as we come to this juncture. And I want to look at these words from verse 24 to verse 26 and to to see them as a a parting prayer uh, for a future blessed by God. There is nothing we desire more for each other tonight than to enjoy the blessing of God in the days that are to come. The first thing that you want to see in this prayer is that there is protection. Sometimes and often, perhaps in life, we feel exposed. We feel we're in danger, especially as the children of God. We feel exposed and we feel open to the opposition around us. And sometimes we may even fear that our faith itself will fail. And certainly for these people, they were going to face huge challenges. They were going to be on a journey where the problems were going to arise from their own midst, rather, from the outside. And for various reasons, we can, ourselves in life, have our faith threatened and feel that we need a special kind of protection. And when they embark on their journey, on the way to the promised land, the blessing, the prayer says, the Lord bless you and keep you. And we hardly need to to remind ourselves that this Lord who is going to bless them and to keep them is the Lord who has formed them himself. He has taken them from Egypt. He has taken them to Mount Sinai. He has constituted them as his own people. He is in a covenant relationship with them. They are his people and he is their God. And this Lord who is their God who has made them who they are, the Lord bless you. And of course, blessing means a lot more than to be happy. We all want to be happy in life. Perhaps we seek happiness in the wrong places, but we are looking for that contentment and that happiness that that we can find somewhere in life. But the blessing of God is, is much more than that. And when I read in the Old Testament that that God is going to bless his people, or a prayer for God to bless his people, I think of one particular thing. And that one particular thing is that it is God's empowering word which enables those who are blessed to do exactly what God wants them to do. And that's a wonderful prayer for these people. They don't know what lies ahead of them. They don't know what they're going to encounter And for this prayer to be over them, that the Lord would bless them, that the Lord would enable them to do the things that God wants them to do, it's a wonderful privilege. It happened, first of all, in the very paradise of God. God blessed Adam and Eve. He blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. He empowered them to do his will. They were to carry out that that mandate that God had given to them. I hear it repeated especially to the father of the faithful, to to Abraham in, in Genesis chapter 12. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will make you a blessing. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. At the very core and essence of God's promised salvation is the blessing which empowers And this evening, there is no greater prayer 
that I could pray for you as we part in our ways. That God will give each and every one of you in your hearts the blessing that empowers so that tonight you could do and can do exactly what God wants you to do. That he will enable you to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. That he will enable you to live your faith as somebody who is faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. That he will enable you to, to serve the Lord every day of your life. That he will enable you to be a good disciple of Jesus Christ. That he will enable you to be a good example of what the gospel means. That he would enable you to reflect on Paul's words, be imitators of me and watch carefully those who live the same way as I do. The Lord bless you. And the Lord take you from here with that sense of not being able to do, but that sense of the empowering of God, that when God asks you to do whatever it is, that you feel in trusting in him, you can do exactly that. And when that blessing comes, that, that empowering of God, it carries with it this, this very thing that makes us feel secure, that is secure in our faith. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord is going to watch over them and guard them and protect them. And how much they needed that along life's journey. That the Lord who was to be their portion, that he was the Lord who was going to be in the, the, their praise and in their songs as they went up to Jerusalem. I to the hills will lift mine eyes, from whence comes mine aid. The Lord, he is, he is your keeper. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He is always awake. The blessing that empowers carries with it the protection, the keeping of God. So that wherever we grow in life and wherever, we, wherever God takes us in life, that he has promised there to be with us. That he has promised there to to protect us and to shelter us. And in these very psalms of, of going up to the house of God, the, the, one of which we sang earlier, in these very psalms, the, the psalms are full of that sense of protection. And the people who sang them, they were going from, from different parts of the country, called by God to go up to Jerusalem, open to all kinds of dangers as, as they, as they travelled there. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. And there's a wonderful illustration in, in, the, in the prophecy of Zechariah where, where, where God promises that he will be a wall of fire around them and the glory in their midst, the glory presence of God, the blessing of God. And accompanying that is the very shield that protects the people of God from the dangers that are without. And the psalmist can say that in Psalm 91 that those who, who dwell in the secret place of the Most High and that under the shadow of the Almighty are so secure and so protected and so safe 
preserved and protected by the God who has set them apart for himself and by the God who has committed himself to them and in, in, enabling the people of God to, to, to look to, to this God and to pray to this God who blesses and who keeps. Keep me as the apple of your eye, the personal way in which God blesses and God keeps his children. And when we pray for protection and the, the, the empowering of God, here is why tonight you do not need to fear. Here is why you need to understand that God is the defender of his people, that God will protect his own children, that God won't allow any of his anointed children to, to come under harem. And you can go on your journey and join in the drama of God's redemption, the theater of this world, and you can be fearless because God, the only true and living God, he is on your side. He empowers, he protects, he enables you to live. And whatever the journey takes and whatever the journey involves, so you go forward with that protection and that power of God in your heart. A prayer for protection. Secondly, we want to see that there is a prayer for provision. And the same Lord, who is the Lord of this people, who is the Savior of this people, in verse number 25, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. In everyday life, it is one of the most hurtful things that somebody will turn their faces away from you. It is deeply hurtful. It is offensive when people do that. It is, of course, unthinkable that God would do that. But God tells us in the Bible that he will do that when his people practice evil. But the promise here is that his face will shine upon you. That he will turn his face to you and not his back. And that in looking at his face there will be that sense of shining. And the Old Testament is as full of the ways in which God is a light. The Lord's light and our salvation. It is the light of the face of God. It, it is the knowledge of who God is. It, is. it is the shining of all that God is in his heart in a way in which we can see that heartfelt love of God. And you remember the story of, of Jacob and he went to a place called Peniel. He was surprised by God. He was afraid of Esau. How was he going to face Esau? But then... He wrestled with the Lord in, in, until the breaking of the day. And he called the name of that place Peniel because he had seen the face of God and he was delivered. The God has said later to Moses that no one can see my face and live. Jacob saw the face of God and he was blessed and he went forward to meet Esau. 
And there is that, that prayer here that the people of God will, will enjoy seeing the, the face of God in that beautiful way which, which speaks of the shining of his loving commitment to those who are his children, to those who are his people. There's a beautiful proverb in chapter 16 which goes something like this, that in the light of the king's face there is light. His favor is like clouds that bring the spring rain. The refreshing way in which God looks upon his people. The refreshing way in which his face shines upon them. And we noticed earlier on today the way in which Paul, the servant of Jesus Christ, was on the way to to Damascus to continue his engagement with destroying the church of Christ if he could. But he met with the Lord Jesus and he met with him and his recollection of that encounter is to the effect that the God who said in creation, let light shine in the darkness, is the God who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And this prayer for blessing, the Lord make his face to shine upon you. For us tonight is nothing less than seeing the, the glory of God in the face of the Lord Jesus. To look to Jesus on the cross at Calvary and there to see the, the shining of the greatness of the love of God. That God so loved and that God did not spare but that he gave his only begotten son. That sense of wonder to, to fill the hearts of those who, who look upon Jesus in the same way as the heart of Paul was filled. And tonight it is my prayer for you that the Lord will make his face shine upon you. That you may see a light that perhaps you have never seen before. That you may see the glory of the Lord Jesus. How sad it is that perhaps you haven't seen it yet. But the wonder is that God wants to show to you that the gospel comes to you asking you to look to Jesus, to, to wait upon Jesus and to behold the Lamb of God, to behold the Jesus concerning him. John says that no one ever has ever seen God, that Jesus has made him known. And my prayer tonight, as it has been all of my, my ministry and my prayer is that you will see the face of God in the passion of Jesus. And if you've seen his face tonight, you will understand that it is the most wonderful thing you have ever seen. And that, that just like, like Paul who, who speaks of the way in which he, he, he no longer lives, but, but Christ lives in him because he knows the one who, who loved me and who gave himself for me. And the light of love and the love that comes in the light, it's such a wonderful, powerful thing that it will change your life forever. And tonight I pray that, that if you haven't yet seen such beauty, that God will open your eyes and open your heart and give you faith to see the beauty of God in his face.
And when you do see that, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. In a way, perhaps, which we don't understand, the Old Testament people could read a person by looking at their eyes. Sometimes we can perhaps do that ourselves. We can be talking to somebody and we can look at them and we know that you know, through their eyes that, that what they're saying is, is, is just not sincere. We can read so much by looking at a person's face. But more so in the life of the Old Testament people of God, they look to the eyes to see what was in the heart. Look to the eyes to see what, what was in the mind. Look to the eyes to see what, what the desires of, of the person's heart really were. And that's why we read about Noah, that he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He, he looked to God in the midst of his own evil generation. And he was known by God to be righteous, alone in his generation. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And the prayer here is that all of the people of God, down through their generations on their journey into the promised land, that they will themselves discover the grace that there is to be found in the eyes of the Lord God who has become their saviour. The grace of God, the graciousness of God, the pouring out of all that God is. And Paul will tell us in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that being rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. That's the grace. That's the grace that calls for love. That's the grace that unites our hearts to the Lord Jesus to recognize, to see, to know the brightness of the shining of God in the way in which Jesus made himself poor. And tonight our prayer is that, that we will all come to, to discover that and to see that the grace of God in, in, in the very person and work of the Lord Jesus, to, to see that the freeness of or the very heart of God who initiated the whole plan of salvation, who did so not because of anything in us, but moved by his own heart and in this spontaneous way, choosing to make himself known to a lost world. And tonight as we do grow our, our, our separate ways, it's the the, the prayer that all of us will, will know this grace and graciousness of Jesus. Psalm 45 speaks of the way in which the lips, from the lips of Jesus flows grace. In other words, his word is full of grace. The grace of his truth and when we do see the, the, the grace of God and the passion of Jesus, it makes the word of God living and alive. It makes it a word that, that satisfies our innermost needs. 
It makes it a word that, that enables us to live lives that find their fulfillment in God. And we, we come to the worship of God because that's what the word of God is like. It flows to us from the lips of Jesus. It's full of the grace that there is in God's heart. And we can never get over the fact that that grace was made known to us. The provision of the grace of God. The poverty into which Jesus entered on the cross so that we might be made rich. And tonight the poverty of the passion who has not yet been made rich through the poverty that there was in the cross and in the life of the Lord Jesus. And it is my prayer that we will all be rich in the saints. And that we will be rich through his poverty. And that we will go on our journey and go on our journey discovering more and more of of the, the riches of the treasure of the grace of God as it is in Jesus who is full of grace and full of truth. A prayer for provision. May that be your portion now and may it be your portion journeying on in life and journeying on through death itself and into the glory that lies beyond. So there is protection, there is provision and finally there is the prayer for peace. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. It's another image that speaks to us of the, of the face of God. And what makes this image different? It m- makes this image different, the fact that we are to understand it in the journey in which we are traveling and a journey that will lead us into difficulties and into trials and into testings. And the lifting of the countenance is the way in which a child may be in great difficulty. A child may be in great danger. And the child is looking to see the, the face of his or her mother or his or her father and see the, the, the smile of, of, of the parent's face as the moment of encouragement in this time of danger. It's turning the head once more But this time it's turning the head to the child of God in the midst of danger. And we can go further and say that it is the turning of the head in the light of the cry of the child of God reaching out to the God who is his or her father and crying out of their need for that God to come and to make himself known. And so this lifting of the countenance is something that's going to happen in their daily providence. As they live their lives out there, that there is the prayer that God will turn his face of grace and and the smile of his fatherly love in every aspect of daily providence. And that's a wonderful thing for them to, to, to sense that they have that in the challenges and the difficulties that, that they will face, 
That's when they cry to God. Like every other loving father, his head will be turned to them to pay attention to them in their crisis and in their need. It is the smile of God's face in our providence. And it is a smile of God's face in our times of crisis. When, perhaps, or should I say, when the time will come when you will ask the question that the psalmist asked in Psalm 77, has the Lord forgotten to be gracious? He has promised to be gracious to me. And here I am in, in, this, in this dark hole. And my natural response to being in a dark place, has the Lord forgotten to be gracious? And I'm sure we've all been in that kind of place at some time in life. And these serious questions arise. And here the prayer is that when the people of God are in these situations and they cry to God, that God will turn and in Jesus he will smile upon them and they will be encouraged and the light will be restored and they will come out of their dark place and they will do so by the strength and by the grace of God. It is the promise that whatever the need, that God will be there to, to hear the cries of his children. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And I know tonight because it's how the Bible describes the journey of faith. I know tonight that when you live the life of faith, that you will be in such situations. And it is my prayer that no matter what, that you will never lose sight of the fact that God is looking down upon you as his child, that God is looking down upon you as your father, and that his ear is open to your cry, and that you can reach out to him, and that he is ready to come and to rescue and to deliver. It is a prayer for peace. And what is the peace? Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Well, the disciples were in the boat and there was a great storm in Matthew chapter 8. And in that storm, they were being swamped by the waves and their lives were in danger. And Jesus came and rebuked the wind and the sea and there was a great calm. Grant you, give you peace. That sense of God being really with you. That sense of knowing that no matter how great the storm, that God will bring about the calm. And how we need that as we journey on through life to know the calming presence of God and to know also that, that these moments of, of the calming presence of God are a reminder to us that there is a greater calm 
awaiting us. And that when the Bible speaks of, of God giving us peace, it's more than a peace in our times of crisis. It's the peace that speaks of the shalom peace that is in the presence of God. There is a rest remaining for the people of God. And there is that, that great promise of, of entering that rest and of arriving at last into that peace of the eternal paradise of God. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And that is the closing petition of this prayer and of my prayer for you. That in each step that you take, that you will know the peace of God. That however great the calamity, however great the danger, however great the difficulty, that you will know the peace of God. And that coming to the greatest difficulty of all, and perhaps what we fear more than anything else, coming to death itself. And as the people of God, perhaps not fearing death, but fearing how death may come about, knowing that God unlocks the door, and that that door is a gateway into his eternal paradise, but not knowing how he will bring us through that gate. It might be peace, it might be trouble, we just don't know what, but it is the last enemy. And we have the assurance that when it comes to that moment, that in the words of the psalmist in Psalm 107, that then the storm will be changed into a calm. And what calm can be like? The calm of the moment when we move into the real presence of God and when we pass through death uh, to be with Jesus. Then, says the psalmist, they are glad because they are at rest and they are quiet and God has taken them to the haven which they desired to see. And the prayer goes right through death itself that one day when the loom is silent and when the shuttle cease to fly, that one day you will be in glory in the peace of the paradise of God, that I will be there with you and that we shall meet again. And in that place where there shall be no more pain and no more parting. And blessed be God for such a hope. And may God keep us all safe and may bless all of our hearts on our journey from here onwards and ensure that at last we are in this great gathering of God and entering into that calm and to that rest. May God bless his word to us. Let us pray. Most gracious God, we do rejoice in you as the great God of peace, the great God of blessing, the great God of protection and of grace. And we bow before you and we Acknowledge the great need that we have of the assurance that so you will be with us as you promised to be with your children in the Old Testament. And we pray that you'll bless your word to us tonight. Encourage us from it. Bless us in, in the hearing what you have to say to us from it. And bless us as we go on from here. May you guide us in our steps 
and in our paths. May you be our cup and our portion. May you be in our hearts. May you give to us that hope of glory. And may you bring us at last with, with gladness into your own presence when our journey is over and when this world will come to an end as we know it and when you establish the new heavens and the new earth to the glory of your name. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. <laughs>